Welcome to Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Automobile Dealers Association. Good day, everyone. Welcome. This is Jason Wilson, president of the Kentucky Auto Dealers Association, and I'd like to welcome you to a, another edition of Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Auto Dealers Association. Very pleased today to have two individuals that are very important to our association and a relationship that's very important to KADA. And I have Brad Guerin, uh, who is on your right, if you happen to be watching this, and he is the regional manager for Dealer Performance Group. And on the left is David DeCredico. He's the senior vice president of Easy Care's <laughs> Business Development. And uh, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate you taking some time with us today. Hope you are well. Thank you, Jason. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah, thank good. you, Jason. It's really good to see you again, and thank you for having us on the podcast. Yeah. So, look, one of the things um, for those who aren't who aren't familiar with this relationship with KDA and Dealer Performance Group uh, and Easy Care, for that matter, uh, they work with a number of our dealers in the state, specifically in the F and I offices, uh, providing exceptional products, exceptional service, and really uh, important training. And one of the, some of the things that we're going to touch on today is how important that is right now, as we've had uh, some changes here in, in, uh, with a new administration. We're hearing lots of discussion as it relates to uh, financing and CFPB and having a greater role and what that could mean uh, to our dealers and, and our dealership. So gentlemen, with that, let's, let's, start, let's start with just sort of a high level look at what this means with a new administration, new direction. We've heard chatterings as, as being a, a CFPB, being greater, uh, being more involved in things. From your perspective, as you're talking to dealers, what are, what are the, some of those conversations you're having and what's your take on where we're going here? Yeah, so, so Jason, I'd like to start. And, and first, just very quickly, I'd like to say thank you for the relationship with the Kentucky Auto Dealers Association. It's meant a lot to us. And uh, we're, we're happy to be part of it and, and look forward to continue to grow that relationship over the next several years. Um, I, think the, I think the question on everybody's mind right now is with the change in the administration, uh, what's, what's the renewed or reinvigorated CFPB looks like? I think it's fair to say that under previous administration, the CFPB uh, stepped back a little bit from the Obama era um, CFPB and I think it, the expectation is under the Biden, Biden administration that the CFPB will begin to ramp up its, uh, its investigations or its powers. Uh, so we're expecting that within the next few weeks that a new commissioner or a new head of the CFPB will be appointed uh, and remove an interim uh, out of there. But uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, the agenda for the CFPB, I think is largely going to be focused on equity and equality uh, in lending practices, right? So uh, for uh, people of color, for, uh, you know, uh, transgender, um, gay, lesbian, uh, LGBTQ plus communities, I think, not sure how they, how they verify that information, but I think it's fair to say that uh, the main agenda of the CFPB is to ensure that there's an equality in lending, uh, some focus on that, perhaps a large segment of the population that is uh, either uh, underbanked, uh, so to speak, uh, does not have the same access to lending as, as the remainder of the population. Um, I think the interesting thing is that there's already been some reversal of some of the Trump era rules um, that have, were put in place. And uh, just yesterday, there was an announcement that an auto finance company out of California uh, was sanctioned. Uh, for some uh, what were deemed to be some unfair practices where 
uh, there was a lack of disclosure around interest on underpayments or late payments. So I think we're already starting to see, see a ramp up. So when we talk with dealers about CFPB and, and what the potential for that is, obviously our focus is on compliance and ensuring that uh, dealership uh, people are properly trained and, and um, you know, the dealership has very clear outlined policies. So with that, I'm gonna ask Brad to maybe touch base and, and give you some insight as to the things that we do and focus on when we're in training and developing dealerships to ensure compliance. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So, Jason, you know, at the dealership level, we want to make sure that the dealers are are focused on on compliance these days. You know, at Easy Care and at Dealer Performance Group, we make sure that we we have AFIP certification in our training processes and training classes. We make sure that uh, there are deal audits that are taking place at the dealership. We make sure that the finance managers are in full compliance and doing testing. We actually monitor that on behalf of the dealer and keep records. So should the dealer ever need that? But so, you know, at the dealership level, from a training perspective, we want to make sure that these guys are properly trained. They've been through compliance, you know, information, know how to do it right. And then at the dealership level, we need to make sure that the operators are holding their people accountable and making sure the things that we put in place from a process standpoint actually are being done daily. Um, you know, with our company, we go in and do free compliance audits for our stores. We'll pull a random sampling of deals anywhere from 25 to 100, depending on the volume at a particular dealership. But, and do go look through every piece of paper inside of a deal jacket and make sure that everything that's supposed to be there is there. Um, we make sure that red flag rules, all the books are up to date. Um, and just overall in general, help make sure that the, the stores following the processes that go to put in place. Sure. To supplement, I would say that one of the one of the things that we always want to have some focus on is that um, not only are people appropriately trained, but we have some documentation that everybody's been appropriately trained. So one of the things that we do make available is the compliance certification course is online based and it tracks full you know full completion of the the certification, prints a certificate, and keeps a record that everybody that, that needs to has been appropriately trained on all of the current statutes and the current laws. Um, you know, we wanna talk with the dealer about a compliance officer, who in, the, who in the dealership is responsible for ensuring the compliance of the dealership? Uh, who's responsible for ensuring that new people are uh, engaged in the training and make sure that we have the certification or their completion certification on file uh, that we're setting a policy in place that identifies how frequently are we going to request that the retraining occur. So all those things are part of a conversation that, that should be part of a realistic plan for any dealership. Yeah, and one last point, Jason. Um, you know, for the dealers in Kentucky, uh, they need to know that we are, a, a KADA is an excellent resource for all this stuff. We can provide it to every dealership that's in the state. Um, like Dave said, this is an online platform. They they do everything from F&I compliance all the way through things going on in the, in the service department with OSHA and all those different things. So should any dealer in Kentucky need any of this information, if they reach out to you, you can get to us and we can help them with all those things. Well, and look, it appears that we are certainly entering this climate where there's going to be a lot more uh, oversight, a lot more of those type of inspections and, and things that you talk about as we have government agencies that are going to be more and more active. So uh, this stuff is going to be very important moving forward, especially, uh, you know, you talked about, you mentioned it earlier, let's, let's dig into this a little deeper. So when we're talking about 
sort of having a checks and balances in this in each store, right? As far as ensuring that it's great that you all come in and, and, and audit deals and, and go through that sort of training uh, as needed, but on the day-to-day -day levels, what are some best practices that dealers need to make sure they have some sort of champion in the store for lack of a better way to really have their fingerprints all over those sort of transactions to ensure that they're doing things the right way? Yeah, well, so obviously it starts with, you know, with training, the, the people in the stores need to know what to do, first of all, and then right. as anything, right, inspecting what you expect is, is an important piece. Um, you know, some of the specifics, you know, um, you know, just some best practice stuff, right? The, the laws don't necessarily say, for example, that you need to print a copy of a OFAC check, um, you know, the, the terrorist, terrorist watch, li watch list stuff. But we recommend that a dealer has that paperwork inside of the deal jacket. So should an auditor ever show up, you can prove that not only do you have the process in place here, look through these deals of ours and pull any random deal that you want and the paperwork will be there to support our process. So things like that, they, we, we, we try to practice going a little bit above and beyond even what the law says. I think that if a dealer does that, it, it will shorten anything that ever could occur in an audit situation. If you can demonstrate that you have a process and if, if they can inspect it and see that it's there in most cases, I think they'll be a lot more lenient with you. You know, some other things I think that are important, um, you know, pricing is interesting in the finance office, right? Sure, now. right. Um, you know, how, how a dealer prices a service contract, for an example, to one customer versus a different customer. You have two customers that buy a, a Ford F-150 and, and how do you justify that you charged one, one person $2,500 and you charge the other person $3,500? Right. I think there needs to be some consistency within pricing of the finance products. I think that comes into play when it when it when you're getting your processes set up, you need to clearly define to your your staff um, what your pricing model is, whether that's going to be a certain amount of profit over cost right. or it's going to be a, a flat, you know, charge per vehicle line, different things come into play. But I think that's something that the CFPB might start to take a look at and dealers need to be cautious of. That end, I think you know there's a couple initiatives that are, are worthwhile to know. One is uh, you know, Jason may certainly be familiar with the fact that the NADA um, published, uh, I think it would have been last year or 18 months ago, published yep. a on voluntary protection products with a template for dealers to adopt or adapt to their dealership that basically has a written process for the sale of, of voluntary products like GAP and service contracts and other ancillary benefits. Uh, so we encourage dealers to at least consider having a stated policy the same way they would with a fair credit policy and things of that nature. Sure. Thing, as I mentioned, is a lot of our dealerships have appointed someone within the management of the dealership as a compliance officer. I think it's, a, it's an important aspect of any dealership and, and a, a message to your employees and your, your people that are on the front lines that in compliance is an important part of, of what we do every day or being compliant is an important way we we stay, uh, we, we keep everything uh, between the lines and having a, a person whose responsibility or part of their responsibilities to ensure the compliance, the training, the certification, all of those things in by title is an important aspect of what a dealership should consider. Yeah, and I wanna just add one more thing, Jason. You know, I think that uh, the dealers should obviously take this seriously. Um, the fines can be devastating to a, to right. a store. You know, would do be found guilty of some of these things. So the fines can be devastating. Um, you know, 
we need to make sure that there are menus in every deal as an example. We need to make sure that the whatever DMS system they're using or whatever um, aftermarket software they may be using to do some of these compliance checks like red flags rules and OFAC checks and you know the risk-based pricing stuff that all of those things are, are, are in the deal jackets. Everybody understands what the potential penalties are. It's not only financial penalties, there's also you know jail time that, that people could do. So um, it's super important issue. I, I think that, you know, I think that they need to make sure that they are making this part of their monthly meetings, that, that they're talking about this often with their employees. And if they do those things, you know, we haven't seen any of the dealers that we support you know, we, we've not had any issues with this. We've not seen any dealers getting penalized. And, and I think that, you know, as long as they put some of these things into practice and, and monitor and inspect what they expect, they shouldn't have any issues, no matter what the new administration does. Yeah, it, it sounds like a lot of this is you need to be able to justify your actions. It has to make sense. It has to be consistent across the board. I mean, it, it's been many years since I've worked in an F&I office, uh, but there is a lot more to it today than there was say even 10 years ago as far as what all what all is involved with with the rules and regulations if if as you you know you all you're out there quite a bit especially you brad you're in the field with your folks out there and as you're inspecting deals and going through audits are there any common themes that you tend to run across that seems to be the things that always trip people up are there any consistent things that hey keep an eye on this if it's happening in this store it's probably happening in the other stores as well well, yeah, unfortunately, there are some that we see, you know, I guess you'd say there, when there's an issue, there's some consistent issues, you know, right. some of it would, you know, would revolve around um, cash reporting rules, making sure that the, you know, the proper paperwork is being completed when somebody gives over $10,000 in cash, that sometimes gets confusing, whether it's, you know, they wrote a check, or they gave a cashier's check, or they gave cash cash, you know, sometimes that gets uh, hairy for some stores, you know, um, making sure that on a on a cash transaction that a dealership is pulling the the OFAC reports right mm -hmm. uh, that's the the report that that verifies that the consumer buying the car is not on the terrorist watch list and because you do as when you do a cash transaction typically I wouldn't say typically but a lot of times credit bureaus aren't run and right. when credit bureaus aren't run then that software that a dealer uses to do the OFAC checks doesn't necessarily get done so those are some things that need to dealers need to be careful of. Um, you know, a five thousand dollar car purchase that, that customer needs to be gone through that OFAC process just to make sure that they're not doing something illegal. You know, that's a huge fine to the dealer should they ever find themselves violating that one. You know, there's other issues. You know, surrounding um, advertising, right? Making sure right. that advertising payments or your advertising pricing that you're doing all the proper disclosures. We, we go do audits and we walk the lot in dealerships and you'll you'll see dealers that have the windshields painted on cars that advertises a specific payment. You know, um, Regulation Z says that when you quote an exact payment, you're at that time supposed to also quote down payment term, sure. rate, all those things that are in the Reg Z box on the on the finance contract. And so you need to make sure that at the sales desk or somewhere inside the building when you you have a list of all those disclosures should anybody ask. So those are some common things that, that I see. Uh, some other things maybe um, when it comes to identity theft, right? Um, I'll give an example. There was a store that I, I was in one time that, that uh, had a cleaning crew come in at night. So some things the dealers might not think about, but the cleaning crew came in, right? They did a pretty good job of making sure the offices were locked in the F&I office. 
that the the office upstairs, the accounting office, was locked during the day that that nobody had access to those places. However, at night when the dealership was closed and people were cleaning the the building, um, in this particular case, there was some bad actors that got a hold of sensitive customer data that came out of the accounting office because those files weren't locked you know, inside of a locked office, the cleaning crew had access and there was some identity theft stuff that happened. So it's not just every day that your people are doing all the right things, that you're making sure that your dealership is, is protected at all times. Everything that's supposed to be secured is secured. We don't have driver's license copies laying around on the copy machine in the, in the showroom floor. At the sales tower, when a manager may go up and talk to a customer that they've not left sensitive documents in plain sight for anybody to come grab. So those are some of the things that I think I see the most Often when we go conduct compliance audits and if there's something wrong, I think those are things that need to be, uh, everybody needs to be careful of. Well, look, it's definitely a lot to keep up with for sure. Um, and I think the other thing you mentioned earlier is, uh, we talked about is, you know, the product that you sell, have a game plan with it, uh, have a pricing structure that's in place that makes sense. Don't have these disparities to your point earlier where you have uh, customer A and customer B and whether it's extended service contract or whether it's gap, what have you. Uh, have some consistency in that pricing because it really does come down to at some point if you have to explain actions you want to be able to have the uh, way of tracking it how it's done and be able to explain what what your process is in that office uh, I think that's probably more important than ever would you agree with that right now absolutely yeah yeah I would absolutely agree and I, I think that's you know Jason I think the good news is is that the the modern day systems for pricing and and um, you know, contracting for these voluntary products allows for dealers to, to employ a lot of the rules that they set up in the store, whether that be a fixed retail price or a fixed retail markup that, that puts a, a parameter or a ceiling on what can be charged for those products. And similar to the way um, dealerships consider you know, uh, lending, right? We have to consider, you know, I think the right time now is to consider, or right thing now is to consider what is our process for determining when we discount the cost of a service contract to a customer, right? So if our, our markup is X, when do we go to X minus 100 or 200? What are the rules that we're using to apply or what's the methodology for applying a lower price to certain people? Well, and the best practice along those lines might be something like on a service contract where you can start to give customers options with deductibles, right? So with our program, there's five deductible options on a new policy, for an example, but you give customers choices with deductible or coverage levels or terms and sure. that's give reductions in price versus just an arbitrary, hey, I offered you a five-year service contract just a minute ago for $2,000 and just because you're a great negotiator, we're now down to 1,750. You know, if you just do things like that, you might find yourself would be hard to justify. But if you use things within the policy, like deductible, like term, like right. coverage, and give customers the savings that they're ultimately looking for, which is why you know that happens, um, then I think that you're in a, in a place that you can justify your 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 actions. Sure, and that's you know you mentioned menu selling earlier, and that's why that's so important, right? To make sure every there is a process in place, it's right there. Uh, and that really is, you know, how things have been going and will continue to go for, for a while, I'm sure. So, um, folks, I, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. Brad and, and David, it's always good information. And again, these are great partners of the KADA. They are experts in their field. 
Um, contact information will be uh, applied here. If, if you have any question or, or want to just reach out and say, you know, maybe I could be doing some things better in, in this part of our business. Um, I can tell you, these are the folks to reach out to. They have a number of stores here in Kentucky that have been um, with, with you all a long time. I've spoken to a few of your raving fans. You, you, you all do good work. And uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you at our convention where we meet in person here again in a couple of weeks. So uh, we're looking forward to that for sure. But gentlemen, thank you for your time very much. Thanks very much, Jason. Yeah, Jason, thank you for having us. And as you just mentioned, right, we look forward to seeing everybody at the convention. We've been big supporters. But if anybody should have any questions regarding any of these things, we'll have a full team there that can handle anything. So thank you for having us very much. Outstanding. Well, with that, that will conclude this edition of Kentucky Horsepower, and we will see you all down the road.